say that getting in shape is hard, but no one told you about the struggle. It's time for you to get healthy, but business and family make life complicated. Discover all the high-performance secrets that founders and busy entrepreneurs use to ensure they stay fit and lean, no matter how busy they get. This podcast is a reminder to use those secrets, which make getting in shape easy and stress-free, while doing it in a way that fits your busy lifestyle. And ultimately, this will make you a better performer at work and home. You're listening to The High Performance Founder with your host, Dan Goh. What is up and welcome back to the podcast. It is your friend, your coach, your confidant, Dan, here. And uh, in today's podcast, it's going to be a little bit different uh, and I want to share with you a little bit of a vulnerable story of mine, and it is one that comes with a great deal of shame, but also there is a silver lining and a happy ending uh, at the end. Not necessarily the happy endings that you get you know, at, the, at your local massage parlor, but, but a very happy ending nonetheless. And I want to impart with you some lessons that I've learned uh, through going through this entire process. So in December of 2020, uh, I made the decision to sell my house and to take my family traveling. All right. So we knew that lockdowns and restrictions were coming to Toronto and we wanted zero part of it. And if you're actually looking at some of the studies done by John Hopkins, uh, is actually they're coming out and they are saying that uh, lockdowns did almost jack shit for the curbing of deaths when it came to COVID, but it did a lot of damage to society, to businesses, and to people's mental health. So, I, I mean, like that study just came out. I didn't know it back then, but I knew that if we stayed in Toronto during these lockdowns, I knew that I would age probably a good five to 10 years. I would probably not be good mentally. I would probably not be good spiritually. So we made a very hard decision to sell our house and to move to Costa Rica and to go traveling. So, you know, we spent, uh, we took them, or actually I took them, we took them. Yeah, me and my wife, we took them to Costa Rica, took our family to Costa Rica. And we spent the next 10 months there and it was incredible, right? And during that time, I had been surfing every single day. I had been going to the gym and I had been... I would say not necessarily like in my best shape, but I was definitely uh, I was definitely leaner than I had been in a very long time, and this is due to all the extra cardio that I was doing. And after the ten months, you know, we decided to come back to North America so our daughter can actually spend more time with her grandparents. So we couldn't get back to Canada because there was no direct flights going from Costa Rica to Canada at that time. So we decided to. Uh, stop by America and go to Colorado because we've always, I've never been to Colorado before. So I've always wanted to spend time there. And we spent a month in Colorado. And if I'm being completely honest with you, you know, during that time, we spent a month in Colorado. I wasn't working out often because gyms were hard to come by. The portion sizes in Colorado were freaking massive compared to what you're getting in Costa Rica good old American portion sizes. And after the month in Colorado, we ended up going 
back to Toronto and spending a 14-day quarantine inside of Toronto. And during that, and even after the quarantine, gyms were still locked down. And I had taken on the dieting habits and the eating habits of a guy who was surfing every single day. So if if you listen to any of my like Instagram reels or if you uh, read any of my tweets, you understand that I, I don't like to use cardio for fat loss whatsoever. I like to use it as like a brain enhancer, but there is a danger to this because when you do cardio every day, in my case, it was surfing, uh, your diet actually has to correlate with the cardio that you're doing. So I was eating for performance. I was eating to be able to surf better. And when I got off of surfing and when I stopped surfing, I still had the same amount of food going into my body. And anyone that knows, anyone that's ever done cardio, anyone that's ever like ran uh, for weight loss, you know, long per- or long stretches of time or long stretches of, of, of distance, you know that when you get off of cardio and you keep the same habits to keep the same eating habits, like the weight is going to pile on. So, you know, we did the 14 day quarantine, gyms are still locked down. And during that time in quarantine, uh, during that time, we were kind of like bumbling from one Airbnb to another. I actually stepped back on a scale after a very long time. And I was in disbelief with what I saw. My weight had jumped up to the highest it's been in almost a decade. And I had this like standard for how my body looked. And the stress of travel along with inactivity, along with it, along with the portion sizes, along with the stress of travel, along with everything, it left my body in complete disarray. And I was disappointed, pissed off, and I was freaking sad. And I'm going to put in the show notes, I'll put a link to how my body looked. And to most people, like the picture that I took, to most people, it, it, was, not, it was actually normal, right? To most people, when they look at that body, it's like, oh, that's a normal like North American. But it was not a body that I was proud of. It was not my standard. And I don't care what anyone says either. Screw body positivity. Screw being content. We get a sense of pride from how we look and the actions we take to keep ourselves in shape. Our actions express our identities. And having a deep dissatisfaction is more conducive to hitting your goals, especially if you value growth. Okay, deep dissatisfaction. You can't be like technically like super happy and be like, oh, everything's all right, everything's okay, uh, and and then try to make changes. Like change comes from having a deep dissatisfaction. Okay, and if there's anything that that made me feel the shame, it's that our bodies are our business cards, and I have this identity, and I have this. Uh, type of person that I portray out into the public space as this guy who has all his shit together. And my body at that time was saying that I enjoyed pleasure more than I enjoyed discipline. So I let myself wallow in self-pity for a second. And then I took fucking extreme ownership. And it was a long and hard road, but I got myself back to a standard of how I want to present myself out there to the world. And I applied a set of principles that we use on our clients every single day, which I'm about to share with you. And I'm proud to say that I got myself out of the hole and I did it the right way. I didn't eliminate carbs. I didn't fast for long periods of time. 
I drank beer. I ate ice cream. I pizza. I ate pizza. I partied a couple of nights. I did all the things that people don't think is possible to do when you're getting lean. And thankfully, I embraced the tried and true, and it's helped me create a body that pretty much feels like it can get lean on autopilot. And and it's just an adjustment. And I feel like it's all these things like, you know, everyone does these like large overhauls. I feel like it's all these like little adjustments. And I'm actually going to put on the show notes what my body looks like now. And I'm not even done yet. I, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I still, I still got, uh, you know, I still got shit to do. I still got bigger goals and I'm still hungry. So, you know, I got my body fat down to 11%. You know, I built and retained some muscle and I did it all while keeping my body uh, keeping my energy level sky high. And this was actually done while I was growing high performance founder. We added eight people to our team during that time. And we grew high performance founder by 136% in 2021. So let me give you my simple four step process to getting my body back to glory, back to the shape in which I feel comfortable in, and also the shape in which. I can't wait to take off my shirt in front of uh, everyone at the pool and at the beach here in Mexico. So, so yes, uh, before I get into these four steps, let me tell you my mentality first. Okay. So I was ready for the long haul. I didn't care to lose the weight in six weeks. I wanted to give myself a long enough runway to lose the weight in a sustainable way. So when we're thinking about losing weight, everyone thinks about, I want to lose 20 pounds in six weeks, I want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds in 12 weeks, whatever it is, they have this short term, want to do it as fast as possible mentality. And if there's anything I know about getting in shape, it's that fast weight loss leads to faster weight gain in the end. So I had this mentality of someone running a marathon who didn't give a fuck about his time. He only cared about hitting the finish line. I only cared about hitting the finish line. So when you, let's just say like you want to lose some weight, you're not feeling great about your body, you're not feeling confident about it, you've got to give yourself time to hit this goal. If it's taking you multiple years to put this weight onto your body, it's not going to take multiple years to get it off, but you can't try to like condense it down to like a six or 12 week period. It's not going to work like that. And that's actually one of the reasons why, you know, the clients that we sign, we sign them on for a year because it takes about six, let's just say it takes about anywhere between 12 weeks to even six months to hit your goal. And it takes another six months on top of that, if not longer, to make sure you set a new baseline for feeling comfortable at that weight. Okay. So you got to give yourself time to hit the goal. It doesn't matter how fast you hit it. All that matters is that you make the finish line in the way that you can be proud of. So step one to getting my body back to its best shape was about setting the destination and assessing on a regular basis. So number one, you got to set like, this is actually step one's in two parts. So number one, you actually got to set the destination and the target where you're going to end up at. You, you can't make it, you can't make it intangible where you're saying, I want to feel better, or I just want more energy. Like you can't measure that stuff. It's all intangible right? Sure. You're going to feel better. Sure. You're going to like, you know, feel more energy, but you can't measure that stuff. You actually need hard metrics. You got to be specific and you got to set a metric of where you want to be. 
And weight is a great metric, but you can use body fat percentage. You can use waistline percent. You can use your waistline inches. You could use a combo of them. Um, you definitely want to be taking regular pictures, but you have to have some, you, you have to have some way of measuring your progress. Okay. And this goes to the second step of step one, which is saying that you got to measure your metrics on a regular basis. If you're scared to jump on the scale because you're afraid of what you're going to see, you're not going to make it. Okay. You're just not going to make it. You can't set a weight loss goal and then, and then tell yourself, I'm not going to step on the scale. Okay. You just can't, right? That's kind of contradictory. That's actually very contra contradictory. And also the mirror plays so many tricks on you and the way you feel changes on a given day or mood. So numbers give you the reality of your situation. They are neutral. They are neither good nor bad. They just tell you what is what. And if you can't track your numbers, uh, you know, for your body, then why would you even want to track your numbers for your business? Right. You, you're not going to be successful in business if you don't track your numbers. You're not going to be successful in your body if you don't track your numbers. That is the reality. So step one is to constantly assess where you're at and constantly measure your progress. And actually, on top of that, you got to set the goal. You got to set the target of which you're trying to get to because your mind attaches itself to specific targets. Okay. So step number two. You need to customize your diet to burn fat, okay? And also customize your diet to retain muscle. So I estimated how many calories and proteins I needed to eat in order to get to my goal weight. So calories is how much weight you're going to lose. Proteins is how much uh, muscle you're going to retain and how much fat is burned off. And for me, I set my, uh, I set my proteins to be, or my protein, to be about 90% of my body weight in, uh, in grams. It's very simple. Some people do like one-to-one. -one. I do one-to-one uh, -one or I do like 90 or 0.9 to one. Very easy. And I also did a couple of things that were very counterintuitive in today's world of fad diets, okay? So first off, I ate breakfast that actually had a small amount of carbs in it, which by the way, is sacrilegious in the world of intermittent fasting and keto. And I'll get to the reason why I did this in a bit. It's not to burn more fat. I'm going to get to it in a second. So I also had a light lunch, which was usually like a protein shake, uh, something that's high protein, super low carb. And the reason I did that was because I don't like to have a lot of carbs in my body uh, while I'm trying to be productive and get work done. I actually find that uh, I work better and am able to focus more with uh, less food in my body, but that doesn't mean that I should completely skip meals because if I skip meals, uh, that actually leads to bad stuff and then which I'm going to allude to in about one minute. Then the final thing I did was I had dinners with my family anywhere between 4.30 to 5.30. And I found that when I did this, it actually had this cyclical effect because the more that you give your body time to digest before you go to sleep, the better your sleep quality is going to be. And then if your sleep quality is amazing, then your appetite is actually managed. If And also you get more energy, which also manages your mood. And a lot of times when people eat, it's because they can't manage your mood because they're getting emotional. So it's kind of like this cyclical thing where you get better sleep and then you're able to manage your diet the next day even better, and also a lot of other things. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with the podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. 
That's why Dan and the rest of the team put together the High Performance 7. It's a free online course that helps entrepreneurs get lean, build muscle, and increase energy in a way that fits their lifestyle. We go over things like how to burn fat like a 20-year-old, the lazy man's way to building muscle, the 10-minute Superman system, the lead domino that makes all other things easy, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the High Performance 7 100% free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get full access, all you have to do is go to www.highperformance7.com. It's High Performance, all spelled out, and the number 7.com. And fill out the short form there for us to give you full access. Once again, www.highperformance7.com. Now, back to the show. So I found that people who generally fast from, let's just say like 12 p.m. Uh, and then they have their last meals at like 8 p.m., which is about two hours before they go to sleep or three hours, whatever it is. I found that most of the times their appetite gets way too crazy at nighttime. So this, this fasting period, especially during the day, it leads to greater appetite at night. So if you deal with nighttime munchies, if you deal with the fact that you're still hungry after dinner time, this is something that you have to, uh, this is something that you have to uh, give a hard look at and then see whether or not what you're doing is actually working. So a lot of people are so uh, dedicated and committed to fasting and yet so many people are still trying to lose weight. And yet so many people are saying it works for me. And I'm wondering, how does it work for you if you're still trying to lose weight and your, your nighttime eating is uncontrollable? How exactly does that work for you? So this is very counterintuitive to the, to the narrative that's going on, especially on Twitter and social media where intermittent fasting like, is this magical thing and keto is like this magical thing. Oh, another thing. I eat most of my carb intake at night. So I can actually induce more sleep, which is counterintuitive because apparently you're not supposed to eat carbs at night because you, you don't burn them as fast, but that's complete BS as we know. All right. And, and yeah, I, I found that eating my meals earlier enabled me to increase the quality of my sleep. It also enabled having breakfast, having lunch and having dinner enabled me to have a very steady appetite throughout the entire day. And here's the thing about appetite and hunger. So appetite is like how much food you need to eat before you feel full. Hunger is what time you need to eat. And anytime that you feel like you are hungry, let's just say on a scale of one to 10, you're at a nine or a 10, you have actually waited too long to have your meal right? You waited way too long. You should actually be eating. And it's hard for people who don't have body awareness, who haven't done this for a long time, but you should actually be eating before that hunger comes on because that's what manages your appetite in the end. That's what not a lot of people understand. And I call this type of dieting eating to your circadian rhythms, which, uh, which I talk about in, which I talked about in a previous podcast, which I'll uh, kind of further dig into in another podcast. But pretty much if you follow your natural rhythms that you are designed in and that your body was designed for, I find that uh, you're able to eat a, a diet, a sustainable diet and keep your weight 
pretty much like at the at a pretty good shape. You're pretty much keep you're able to keep your weight at uh, where you want it to be in a almost uh, easier way. So I'll talk about that in another podcast. So the third step was to use my workouts to build and retain muscle. All right. So I utilize progressive overload in the gym so I can keep myself strong, so I can get myself stronger. And I also used a power building based workout so I could help retain or help myself retain muscle. So if you are experienced in the gym and you're trying to lose weight, I'm going to just go out there and say, you're probably not going to be able to build muscle on a caloric deficit when you're trying to diet. If you're new, very possible for you. If it's your first time, if you're just getting back into the gym after like a year long, two year long layoff and all that kind of stuff, it's possible. It's possible for you, right? But I've been working out for a very long time and I do not have any dreams of trying to gain muscle while I'm trying to diet. It's, uh, it's, counter is actually counterproductive. So I just made sure that my diet helped me facilitate the muscle that I wanted to keep. And I used my workouts to help me maintain whatever muscle I had. And if I was getting in the gym and getting stronger, that was great. But strength is not an indicator of the muscle that you gain because strength is also about skill. That's what's a, what's something that a lot of people don't get is that, Hey, I'm getting stronger. Why do I, why am I losing lean mass when I'm losing weight? Well, you know, Hey, when you are uh, getting stronger, it's not necessarily uh, a factor of you gaining muscle. It's a factor of you actually getting better at form and getting better at lifting. It's a skill. All right. So my job at the gym was to maintain my muscle while managing my volume and to make sure that I wasn't pushing myself too hard or burning out. So we got to realize that Cutting calories is a stress on your body. Also, working out is a stress. And we got to manage both of these things strategically so we don't end up burning out. And I put a huge emphasis on my active recovery as well. I walked. I swam. I played with my daughter. I pushed myself to get out there and to be somewhat active without doing anything intense. And active recovery is not about sitting on a couch and watching Netflix. It's actually about doing low-level activities that don't stress you out, which enable your body to recover faster between workouts, right? So I'm 42. I need to put a more, I need to put more emphasis on my recovery because that enables me to lift more at the gym and also make sure that I don't burn out. And when I say burn out, it can look like uh, burning out through injuring yourself. It could look like burning out through uh, literally burning out your energy and feeling like you don't have enough energy to go throughout the day. I had to manage all of these things and balance them all. All right. So finally, step four, I made sure that whatever I did was going to be sustainable. And I talked about this in the sustainability podcast uh, earlier. And I looked at all the things that I love doing and made sure it was part of the plan. So I love drinking IPAs, so I made sure to budget out space for an IPA every now and then. I love having ice cream with my family, so I budgeted out having ice cream with my family from time to time. So the best plan for weight loss is the plan that you can stick to long term. So whatever I was doing in my plan, I made sure I could continue it on regardless if I'm trying to diet or not. And those are the four steps that I took to get my body uh, back into the shape that I 
I know I deserve to be in, and also one that I know is going to be the best representation of what I'm trying to portray out there to you guys. Like this, this is my business card. This is my livelihood, and I gotta be an example, right? So I did this all while, and and this all of these steps enabled me to be able to lose this weight while I was a growing high performance founder as well. When things are lined up, when things are customized, when things are exactly the way that it should be for you, then that will actually enable you to have more success inside of your business, especially if you're dealing with having uh, low energy, if you're unconfident about your body, if you're dealing with having excess body or belly fat and body fat, if you are just generally out of shape, getting your body healthy is a net positive for your business. And you would not believe how many times I've seen people, uh, my own clients, hit record revenue months you know, while they are actually transforming their bodies. Because everything that they're doing from the exercise to the eating to the sleeping to uh, to the customization, to, uh, the sustainability, all of that contributes to them performing better and making better decisions at work. So I literally believe this. If you are an entrepreneur, getting your body in shape is going to make you more money. But aside from that, it's going to make you a better father. It's going to make you a better human being. You're just going to be, uh, John Smith 2.0, whatever your name is, you are going to be an evolved version of yourself. So if you're listening to all of this, I want you to understand one thing, okay? I want you to understand that we all fall down at times. We all let things go at some point. We are not perfect. We are humans. We're entrepreneurs. We're parents. And we have a lot of responsibilities. And it's hard to actually juggle all of these things at the same time. It's like spinning plates. You know, sometimes... You need to give a certain plate a bit more spin than usual when it's slowing down. And the trick to life is to be able to balance the spinning of all these plates at once with enough force to, so they can actually have their own momentum to take them forward and keep them upright on their own. And the moral of the story here, okay, is that you can actually spin all of these plates and you can have all the things that you want right? As long as the plan and the system is customized to you. And yes, discipline is a big part of it. Uh, being motivated, it is a big part of it. I'm not going to lie. Like you have to have this deep dissatisfaction for where you are and it has to cause you to take action instead of causing you to mope and feel sorry for yourself. You know, like you got to actually use the deep dissatisfaction to, to spur you to action. Okay, but my body and even my business would not be where they are right now if I didn't have a system that was catered to me, that was easy to follow, and one that actually incorporated my favorite things while balancing the stresses of working out, eating right, being uh, losing weight, being in the deficit, and having to manage and run a team of eight people while growing a very a successful business. Okay, so when it comes to your big problems, you are literally one system away from incredible success. And I just shared you with I shared with you my system. And yeah, you could take this system, you can run with it. But one of the best things that you could do is actually get help around this area. 
get coaching. Every single area of my life has gone better because I have put my hand up and said, hey, I'm willing to invest in myself and I'm willing to get coaching in this area, which I suck at. Even when it comes to fitness, I've had so many coaches. When it comes to business, I've had a lot of coaches. When it comes to relationships, I've had coaches. When it comes to being a good parent, I've had coaches. I've had mentors. All right. So, you know, if this is you and, you know, you have found that you've let yourself go, uh, you're not feeling confident about your body, you've gained a bunch of weight over the past couple of years, and you are deeply dissatisfied and you are motivated to do something about it, then I implore you to sign up for a free uh, health high performance accelerator call. And this call, we're going to work on your strategy. We're going to work on everything that uh, you are doing. We're going to be looking at what are the struggles and what are what exactly are the three kind of big actions that we can take to get you to where you need to be. And if you are so inclined, like you do with a lot of our clients, if you want to work with us, then we can talk about that later. But again, you need to talk to someone that uh, that actually gets where you're coming from, especially as an entrepreneur. So I implore you to sign up for a call. You can actually sign up for it uh, at highperformancefounder.com slash apply. And that is going to be the first step in a series of steps to get you back to where you deserve to be. So hope you got a lot of uh, value out of this podcast. I will be talking about uh, in detail all the things that I talked about in these steps. But in general, you are literally one customized system away from achieving massive success. So don't sleep on that. All right. Yeah. Hope you got a lot of value at this out of this. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe on whichever platform you're tuning in from. Help Dan and the rest of the team get the word out to more entrepreneurs like yourself and leave an honest review for the show. It would mean the world to us if you can help in those two ways. Dan reviews all the feedback on the show, so we can't wait to hear what you've got for us. This show is made for your benefit, so be sure to reach out if you have any ideas on topics that we can cover on the show or people we should interview. You're listening to the High Performance Founder Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Get my, get my-